0: Greetings, fine gentlemen. It has been, it has been a long time. So long, in fact, that I have grown a mustache for your, for your viewing pleasure, as it were. Do I have sound? Because that'll be pretty important. Do we have sound, my friends? Because we know how this goes. Yay! Wonderful, Andrew. Welcome, brother. W Laser. Welcome, brother. Fantastic. Praise God. We are a go. So, I hope you chaps have all had a wonderful time, a wonderful week. Uh, really getting into autumn, or the fall, as they say, as they call it. Um. I had a, a really good week. Went to uh, went to the uh, county tractor show. Um, and it was great fun. You know, I really, I really did have this, uh, Rob, good afternoon. Fine. sir. I really did have this, uh, wonderful, uh, realization of like, you know, just seeing all these Germanic, uh, phenotypes, you know, seeing, uh, von Bismarck and Eisenhower many times over. Uh, it was just, it was great, you know, just seeing like, oh my gosh, this is basically just, you know, good old, good old. OG American stock driving their tractors, being very happy about it. Drongo, good evening, fine sir. John Nell, good to have you back on the chat, quite frankly, fine sir. It's really good. So, man, I had a, I had a good week, good weekend. Um, and uh, we had a, a really big storm come through on uh, Wednesday and knock over all of our uh, uh, sunflowers and things, which are fine. They were all you know, dying anyway. But um, anyway, one of them knocked the, the front of my one beehive. And I think it made the opening too big for them to defend. And of course, I was gone at the tractor show the whole weekend. So uh, we have we are down one hive, they got robbed, uh, or left or both, which is rather uh, disappointing. But um, it is what it is nature uh, does its thing. So we have now we are down to one hive that we are going to nurse through the winter, as it were. Mr. Max, fine, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, uh, I had a good, I had a good, uh, I felt like this theme kept coming up um, over and over again uh, as I would uh, troll Twitter um, over the, the week. This thing of, I'm going to push this back here. We're right up in my face. Much better. Okay. Um, this thing of... Um, Purity spiraling in the church. So, uh, you know, apparently there was some some Baptist guy who quit his job at some Baptist institution uh, because of his uh, choice of uh, baptismal theology. Um, You know, and then all the chaps were just going hard on Twitter about, you know, a ton of dudes are, you know, we're all like purity spiraling further. And then tons of dudes were all, you know, like, okay, well, guys, we need to actually figure this out and band together. You know, this is a cultural war. We can't be infighting um, over things that are non, uh, that are not tribal issues. You know, they they are church issues. They are not tribal issues. And so, so this is where I really got into it of like just seeing how many guys are caught in this uh, this worldview of the church being everything, the church being the tribe, the church being the the vessel, the vehicle through which all of life is lived. Um, which is is not, it's not helpful because basically church is going, the ministry domain is a purity spiraling domain. By nature, priests are gonna priest. Priests are gonna purity spiral because if they're if they're not purity spiraling, it's actually bad. Like it's really good for a pastor to be like, hey guys, here's where we stand on this issue, this issue, this issue, and this issue. If you wanna come and worship with us, these are the defining issues of fellowship with us. That's a wonderful thing. And so purity spiraling is inherent to the ministry domain. You're always going to have dudes who are like, "Nope, you know, in this church, we don't speak in tongues in this church. We baptize babies in this church. We, you know, whatever their, their pet issues are, pastors are going to pastor priests are going to priest. The ministry domain is always going to purity spiral. And it's a good thing because you can be like, okay, thank you. Like not my pastor. Like I need to go somewhere where the pastor is in line with and, and you know, nothing's worse than going to a church and not knowing where the guy stands, not knowing where the pastor stands because he's, he's trying to appeal to everyone. He's trying to play to everyone. And it's like, no, no, no. Take, take a stand champ. Like offend someone. Let's go. Come on. What's your, what's your darkest, what's your, what's your darkest take? What's your hottest meme? My boy, let's have some spice. here, please because then you know where guys stand and then it becomes safe, right? People are looking for a safe place to fellowship. You are safe when you know where people stand. Here's the deal. The church is not the kingdom. The church is not the tribe, right? We are called to build the kingdom. We are called to advance the kingdom, which means go outside the church into the world. That takes Christendom. That takes, we're, we're building Christendom. That takes a tribe. It takes many guys from different churches you know the biggest thing, man. Pastors are just like rugby coaches. You go to a meetup of rugby coaches; they're all trying to big dick each other of who's got the best team, who's got the best, who's the best coach here. And it's like, for me, I'm like, Japs, we're all trying to grow the game. We're all trying to play a better uh, style of of rugby. We're all trying to improve these kids' lives and disciple kids. We're all trying to have as much fun as possible and work things out. Like, let's share notes. Let's share notes. Instead, it's like, oh, 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 oh. it's the same way with pastors, man. You you see pastors meetups of like they, you know, it's some like institution, you know, seminar or something. Or if there's like a citywide prayer breakfast or whatever, like they're, they're far more uh, tactful about it. But they're all playing politics. They're all like, well, did you see whose table he sat at? Or like, uh, this guy didn't, uh, oh, no, this guy's, let me, zap, this guy's bad news. Let me tell you. You know and like oh this guy stole my sheep but you know hey this guy you know and they're all like they're all you know it's like chaps relax like your church is not the kingdom your church is not the tribe church plugs into kingdom church plugs into tribe it is not that tribe you know and that's what got driscoll into, into problems it's it's what gets all big chaps you know even like wilson god bless the guy but it's like he's going to have troubles if he doesn't uh if he doesn't sorry to swing, I'm still online here. He's going to have troubles if if he sees the whole world as just through his church lens. But the fact that it's institutional, it's domains, it's going, okay, now things will be fine, right? Jerusalem got crucified because he was a tribal leader, a tribal cultural chief, doing it through the domain of church, through the domain of ministry of like, this is the only kingdom. This is the only thing is through the church. And so here we we have this crazy problem in life is, well, let's just say this. It's okay for pastors to purity spiral. You want them to, right? You don't want pastors running your tribe, running your culture, running Christendom, because they're going to purity spiral people out of the tribe. And then guess the tribe shrinks all the way back to the size of their church. And then you don't get anything done. You have no in-group power. You have no institutional power. You have no domain dominion. So the church is important and it's okay for, for pastors to purity spiral. What they have to understand, the tension of this, is that we're we are we're building Christendom, we're building the kingdom on earth. We are we are a bunch of Christian men, patriarchs, patriarchal energy, king energy, who are have been sitting in church, right? Church is the analogy of a parking lot, right? They want as many guys to come and park in their church. Come park in my church. It's like, okay, I parked in your church. What now? Well, the church, you know, come come sit in my church, come build my church. Here's the park these patriarchs, this king energy, this patriarchal energy that is meant for these other three domains. You come and park it in the church. Now, what happened? A bunch of bulls in a, in a, uh, and this is the only acceptable place to do it. Well then, and then they aim up. It's like, well then I'm going to take the crown. And then you have all this fighting against the pastor and all this political crap in your church. And people are like politicking and like, it's like, it, oh my gosh, like, no, 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 chaps. This is not a parking lot for patriarchs. This is a launching pad. So why is the church important? The church is important because it gathers men. That is right. It gathers men. It's, an, it's, one, of the, it's one of the only forms of conservative, of traditional. They show up at this organization. They are now captive for a software download, for a philosophy, right? They, they are, that's why Dave Ramsey targeted the churches because like, oh, there's all the men. I'm going to go to the church and then sell my to the church, right? Because that's the, the, the men we want is the Christian men are all sitting in the parking lot. And he's kind of the closest guy that we've ever had to giving the men like, Oh no, like, let's not work here. Let's go to our job and build some wealth. And they're all like, Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, and the pastors are happy because then all the men sitting in your church are going to become a little bit wealthier. So they're like, yeah, okay. I'll let Dave come speak in my church. But was anyway, so a church. Is Our church is a camp. We just love all of our little outcasts. Look at all these men, these dirty buggers. Look at them, you know, camping over here. Let's clean them up a little bit. All right, chaps, uh, let's clean up the language, please. And uh, let's, yes, let's clean things up a bit. Uh, But after a while, the men get restless, right? They get restless. Like, guys, we want to go fight. We're here to fight. We want to fight. Like as men, we want a mission. We want to fight. And if the only acceptable way to work or fight is the church, well, now I have to start my own church. I have to, I'm better than the king. I can do, you know, and then that's where all the crap comes. But if you, if you turn all those men towards a target, if you turn all those men toward the enemy and you give them a blessing, you know, that's that beautiful photo of the Catholic Padre during the Spanish civil war, blessing the soldiers as they're about to go into a contact. It's like freaking amazing. Like God bless you men to go crush in your domain. You know, go crush in media, go crush in economy, go crush in government, and then come back here when you need rest and fellowship again, and then launch them out again, go and crush. And so this is the great kind of um, change that's happening is I think there's, there's a slow guys understand that there's something more than just their church or their denomination. They just don't know that like, it's okay to go and be a government official or a bureaucrat. It's okay to go and crush and become a super wealthy businessman. It's okay to go into media and absolutely put out tons and tons of content that is a positive vision or subverting the culture. Like this is all good stuff, right? And we need pastors to realize that they've got a group of men who are just sitting in a parking lot. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm gonna bless you guys, put some jumper cables on those batteries and send you into your domain to go and fight and die for Christ. You know, that's what we want as men is like, we want a, a padre, a pastor who's like, Hey man, are you crushing in your domain? And it's like, well, I'm actually struggling with this, this, and this is like, all right, let's pray to the Lord that he would bless you, you know? And, and we have a place here, of fellowship with some other guys and like of discipleship. I'm like, well, this old guy is crushing in your domain. Why don't you, and now you've having fellowship with guys who are in the church together. It's edifying, it's safe. And then we get launched out and we go and absolutely crush. Praise God. That was my monologue. Now to the comments. <clears throat> Andrew, I wanna see you rock the Austrian artist mustache. What do you guys think? What do you What do you really think? Rob TIA, this is uh, a gift from uh, one of our great donors, And also uh, thank you all of you guys who've uh, sent me some very generous gifts. Thank you, fine gentlemen. I uh, am very, very grateful. White student transmission, welcome, brother. I'm passive to avoid infighting. If it's not major, it's not worth being a deal breaker with my group. Yeah, we have to understand in group and out group, and at what what there are levels of disagreement. There's personal issues. You know, what what a lot of people would call salvation issues. It's like, you know, if if some if some right wing bodybuilder pagan and I were doing a project together, you know, I wouldn't expect of him, you know, to understand Christian values or anything like that. So you understand, you're going in with a different understanding, but the moment you hear the guys a Christian, you're like, Oh, now we're going to purity spiral boy. And you, Hey, where do you stand on infant baptism? Huh? Hey, boss dead. <laughs> You know, we, we want to like, the moment you hear a guy's a Christian, you want to put a bullet in his back, you know? And it's like, man, like, that is such, it's a it's a, it's a, a ministry domain thing. And it's like, chaps, majority of us, 90% of us are not ministry, ministry is not our domain. It's not our calling. The other three domains are where we're at. Like you're a media guy, you're an economy guy, you're a government guy. Like this is 90% of us. And it's like, we're gonna make friends with Mormons. We're gonna make friends with right-wing bodybuilding pagans. And we're gonna go crush together. Dane, welcome brother. Um, how do you feel about plundering the modern world in order to finance our new world, yeah, exactly, man. I think that's where the economy guys, especially, you know, uh, a, a friend messaged me on on Twitter this last week, just asking for clarification on what I mean by the economy domain, the economic domain. You know, all of us are involved in the econ- All of us are involved in all four domains. We're involved in church ministry. We're involved in media. We're involved in economy, and in government. But when I'm talking about this, I'm like, what is it on your heart, your gift? What is your gift to give as unto the Lord, where you are skilled at and where you can go and serve and, you know, your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men attempting great things. What are the things you want to attempt that are great, that are, that are just absolutely life-giving to you? And so the, the, the media domain is anything to do uh, with an audience, anything to do with, um, helping people to experience something. You know, this is why you could do celebrities, sports, leisure, uh, um, you know, music, TV, uh, all of that kind of, um, I would even put in there teaching, right? I would put to a certain extent, uh, academia and education because you're taking people through an experience uh, through ideas and through through, uh, presentation and hosting and that kind of thing. So that's the media domain. The economic domain is anything to do with production of value, trade of value, investment of value, right? Someone who is in the economic domain, we're all in the economic domain, right? We're all creating value and and trading, you know, earning money. But I'm talking about as your life, like your goal and your passion is like, man, I love growing. I love investing. I love developing. I love building value. And so, you know, that, that could be anything from, you know, being a farmer, being a, an investment banker, being a dentist, you know, whatever it is of like, my job is a way for me to increase value. You know, all these little projects I do, it's like, you know, a lot of guys like, oh, so what do you do? And you're like, I don't care what I do. I'm increasing value. I am stacking value. I am building, developing, trading value. There's guys who's like, that is their whole passion in life is the, 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 the stewardship of value Uh, and then government, which is authority systems. It's all about authority systems of how does life work and I'm going to facilitate life. I'm going to facilitate the ways of civilization and of God. So that's why I say it could be anything from sheriff to governor to, you know, politicians and all that kind of stuff. But beyond that, bureaucrats, right? A guy who is the water, the water board manager, or like a guy who is the, you know, some random bureaucratic office, the BMV, you know, it's like you are facilitating an authority system, you are facilitating civilization, you know, and some would argue that, oh, Scott, you know, big government, let me tell you, you know, government's a bloody, uh, yeah, it's a dog show. Hey, you don't need a license for your car. And it's like, yeah, fine. I, you know, I come from the ANCAP libertarian world, praise God, I'm not there anymore. But it was, like, there's a lot to agree on. I'm like, of course, we we, we don't. Need. it's like, yeah, the Fed is evil. Who are our guys going into the Fed? Who are our guys going into IRS? Who are our guys going into the FBI? Who are our guys doing all of these authority systems that are there for the taking? They are there for the wielding. So we want our guys to go into it. That. So that's the government side of things. So those those three domains are really important. And and as I always say, Christian nationalism is not the church running society. It's not a Pope sitting in the, in the white house. It's not some church sitting in the white house. It's Christian men who happen to go to church, many different churches, many different expressions, guys who baptize their babies, guys who are only baptized at 28. All of these patriarchs getting out of church and into the other three domains and building hierarchy, building dominance, building status so that at the top of every hierarchy, at the top of every domain are Christian patriarchs are Christian men who love their people and love their place. Nationalism, love your people, love your place. Christian, follow Christ, obey Christ, disciple the nations. Christian nationalism, Christian men at the top of their hierarchies. Where you're absolutely just, cashing it in you know don't go spend it on your pleasures don't go spend it on your comforts be building for your, your children's children. A righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and and build your tribe you know build your local area, build your tribe. we want to be building away from dependence upon those that hate us from dependence upon people who who don't care about our people, who don't care about our place. We want to build our own institutions, our own infrastructure, our own in-group you know? And so if you can, if you can bring, you know, like the Amish, they'll go and sell all their stuff to the English, right? So they're plundering the English to build their tribe, to build their institutions and God bless them. RJJ, welcome brother. White student, the greater good. Mm? (laughs) We just have to define for whose greater good. Uh, Jared, welcome brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Max, the clergy is no longer rooting out the heretics, but there is still a need and desire for it. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. And that's why I say, chaps, church is good. Church is a part. It's not the whole. Church is a part of the whole. You know, the whole is, is Christian men in all four domains who are absolutely just crushing uh, as unto the Lord. And that's exactly it. You know, in every church there's gonna be guys who are like who are gonna be rooting out the heresies according to their standards, you know, and, and that's good because then you can see where guys stand. You can be like you can either be persuaded to that to that point and, and stay there, or it's like, no, like that's not me. I'm I'm looking for guys who who I have convictional adjacency to. Dane, I feel like exploiting the current system, behaviors that may encourage collapse and cashing out ASAP to buy real assets. Well, sir, you're an agent of the Lord. God bless you for it. Copper star nationalist, welcome, brother. <laughs> Another king with the Omni stash. DBG, welcome, brother. John Noel, that is such a problem in our age. Even most Christians just don't care about the world they leave their children. Yeah, it's, it's a huge thing, John. Uh, you go on there. They are not laboring to give their children an inheritance, skills, knowledge. They care about their kids' sports and just getting them to college. Yeah, and and this is the normie, right? This is normie Christians who have clowns as their leaders, who have clowns as the people casting a positive vision for them. You know, the vi- the vision is exactly, it's kids' sports. Both parents get a job, uh, send the kids to college or send the kids to, to school to get them out of your way. Um, and then you guys go and work jobs for huge multinational corporations uh, and then spend all your money on your, on your desire, your, your desires and your comforts. And then, you know, eventually retire and then go down to Florida with an RV like that is preaching it, but they're living it. You know, the majority of Christians in this country, that's the, the template they are following. And so it's, it's up to us to change the positive vision for us. The positive vision is Neo Amish Living, you know, we want a tribe, we want multi generational uh property ownership, we want uh tribal in group institutions, we want sovereignty of our culture. It's beautiful stuff. JHJ Dintinger, welcome, fine chair. Civilization, as it were, yeah, exactly that. You know, a society where there won't be a hated minority. We want the peace and prosperity of our children, we want the peace and prosperity. That is what is civilization? Civilization is peace. And prosperity of your progeny. So there's three. There's three aspects to civilize to call something civilization, right? Civilization means peace. What is peace? It's law and order, and it's um, and it's safety. You know, law and order and safety. If you have that, you've got one leg. Prosperity. What is prosperity, right? It's the ability to make a living. It's the ability to feed. It's the ability to build. It's the ability to achieve. Um, significant projects right that is prosperity so peace and prosperity and then for whom peace and prosperity for who the banker peace and prosperity for who mali uh, immigrants peace and prosperity for who for our progeny for our people right for our children and our tribal our tribal people you know and this is where this is where absolute you know just midwit level retardation comes in, you know, it's like, Oh, you bastard. We're all Christians. It's for the peace and prosperity of all Christians. And it's like, no, like, you know, that's, that's just not the case. You know, there's, we should, we should want the peace and prosperity of people everywhere, of, of the whole world, you know, that feed the world guys, like just love the whole world. Like I'm all for it. I'm all for loving the whole world, loving everyone. First, provide for your own family. First, protect your own family then your neighbor, you know, then your tribesmen. You know, the good Samaritan didn't take the wounded Jew back to Samaria. He dropped him off at a Jewish innkeeper. You take care of your own. And yes, maybe out of the abundance of my heart and generosity, I will help you, but I'm not helping you back to my home. I'm helping you, taking you back to your own. And there's this incredible, what's the word I'm looking for? uh, uh, for the Christian man who does not take care of his own, you know, and often it's because, oh, you want to take care of everybody else. You know, you want to, and, and, and you don't, you know, you just say that you, you're like, oh, but we should take care of the Somalis in Somalia. It's like, are you going to move there? Are you going to move there and go take care of, no, but, but, uh, bring them here. And it's like, are you going to bring them all to your house and, and make them live in your house? Or are you going to force other people to live next to them? Are you going to force other people to pay for them? You know, there's this, this absolute just pa- pathological altruism. You know, you want to help everyone else. You don't help anyone else. But you do want to help everyone else so that you don't have to help your neighbor, so that you don't have to help your own family. So, you know, and you even look at you even look at uh, at Africa and, and how that's worked out. Foreign aid has been a disaster. It's been like the equivalent of five Marshall plans worth of investment into Africa by the West. You know, and it's, what has it gotten you? It's gotten you a population boom with no civilization, with no, um, I'm about to watch a praying mantis snap a little spider. Come on, bugger, pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, bye. Man, he's a slow stalker. Anyway, so you you look at, at how these Western NGOs pump money into Africa. It's not... It's not to help the average man on the street like yeah they they, they feed the average man you know they're, they're having 10 babies with each wife and so now your population boom is like just absolutely through the roof um, but but what they're really doing is they're helping warlords they're helping the political elite of each of each African country uh, to enrich themselves yeah they are the ones who administer all of this aid. They are the ones who all this aid flows through. Um, and so you're now entrenching uh, warlords and political elites because they now, they now bribe the masses. And now, you know, any sense of democracy is out the window. You know, because if you give the ruling party millions of dollars worth of, of material uh, to spread around, it's like they are like, oh, you're going to vote for us? Like, no. Well, then you don't get the stuff, you don't get the aid. And so, of course, people will vote for them again. And it's like, you're just destroying the whole thing. You know, you're, you're absolutely altruism without altruism without k- proper scale destroys, destroys things. Anyway. Alrighty. So anyway, the b- whole point of that. Civilization is the peace and prosperity of your own progeny, which is why you can never create civilization for someone else. You can never create civilization for another tribe. You know, colonialism tried it. You know, where you brought law and order and prosperity and stuff, and it's like it wasn't it wasn't them doing it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the Africans doing civilization. And it's the same thing here in America. We we had civilization. Uh, we had that technology. Uh, we don't have it anymore. Uh, I'd go back to civilization in a nanosecond. Uh, we just don't have that technology anymore. It's a very painful process to build back. The problem in in the West, in the Anglosphere, is we had we had civilization, but it was only for the elites. It was only for the corporatists. You know, it wasn't for the everyday, you know, sure, there was law and order and some measure of, you know, people were lifted out of poverty, um, but that was the great the great American dream the great American de- dream was peace and prosperity for every man you know every man a king you could come to America and if you were you know if you were before 1965 if you were a white man of good character you could come and be a citizen in America and what happened was again the corporatists who messed who messed up Europe's christendom who messed up Europe's Civilization because there was, you know, if you look at how Europe kind of worked, it was, it was always a, when people look at Europe, European history, European culture, what they are looking at is the, is the aristocratic European culture, aristocratic European history, right? There's very little history on the underclass of Europe, the underclass culture, you know, the underclass history which is fine. You know, it's nice to have those ideals. And, you know, if we all went back in the 1700s, let me tell you, we'd all be aristocrats and, you know, Downton Abbey and all of that. Uh, but America, for the first time, enabled the underclass to rise out of poverty because what's the opposite of, of prosperity is poverty and violence is the opposite of peace. So it allowed a huge underclass to, uh, to raise themselves out of violence and poverty. And then... And then what happens is, you know, again, the corporatists, they, they basically start cutting out corporate oligarchy starts making laws to cut out, uh, the lower classes back into violence and poverty to co-opt civilization for their progeny civilization for their in group. And so peace and prosperity is only, you know, in, in many places around the world, peace and prosperity is only for the the upper class the the corporatist elites you know and that's where this thing of noblesse oblige you know to a certain extent christendom imposes you know christendom is not against hierarchy christendom is not against upper class christendom is not against wealth and prosperity and peace it just puts on those aristocrats it puts on the puts on the elites an ex an obligation an expectation to to give the lower classes not a handout but a hand up, right? We are here's how you are to treat the poor. Here's how you are to treat the widow and the orphan. Here's how you are to treat the outsider. Here's how you are to treat all of these people who are not part of your uh class, right? And so you are to you are to respect the boundary stone of the widow and, and the orphan. Um and you are to you're not to despise the poor brother, you know? So it's all very interesting, this thing of, you know, civilization being applicable to everyone. Civilization requires a, an exclusive group. Civilization is our progeny, our people, which is why we can care about the underclass. Because if you have Christian globalism, all you do is this, is like, I want the peace and prosperity of, of the whole world. And you you kind of like, you, you kind of avoid the underclass because they're not very nice to be around. And you're like, see, look at this Christian in Nigeria. He wears a suit. See, look at this Christian in Ethiopia. He wears a suit. See, look at this Christian in Guatemala. He wears a suit. And what you're seeing is the upper middle class of all of these different nations. And you're like, there are people. So you're actually a class. You're creating a class uh, inclusivity while being like, ooh, the unwashed masses of my own neighborhood, ooh, no, no. The unwashed masses of my own uh, region and country, ooh, no, no. Uh, bring in those, those well-dressed Guatemalans and uh, Nigerians, please, and uh, I'll replace these dregs of society uh, with people in suits that have Christian morality. And it's like, chap, we can't do that. You know, as, as Christian nationalists, you look down at your underclass, and you say, by God, you know, what has happened to you? Who's done this to you? You know, my wife had a, a, a very good statement the other day, you know, but being at the tractor show for four days, America, she said, America's problem is obesity and China junk. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, full on, you know, obesity, China junk, nihilism, despair, individualism, has destroyed this underclass, you know? And Benjamin Franklin has that, that famous line where he says, the poor cannot be made comfortable in their poverty. They must be led, nay, driven out of poverty. And it's understandable, man. These people are victims. Like, you know, we say, don't be a victim. As a Christian patriarchal man, like we're not to be victims. But these guys aren't patriarchs and a lot of them aren't Christians. They're, they are underclass slaves and they are our underclass and so it's like all right lord the only way to to lead or drive these people out of their nihilism despair obesity poverty violence is for christian men you know cuz so often up to now the answer has been well we got to go preach to them we got to go preach the good news to the poor 100% agree you know we've got to get them in church 100% agree but then we don't we don't do anything to address these three domains that are absolutely weaponized against them, weaponized against them. Whereas for us, we're saying we can weaponize these domains and drive them out of violence and poverty into peace and prosperity, into discipleship of the Lord. Disciple the nations means these three domains, right? Obviously, the the church. But I'm I'm making a point here by excluding them. Discipling the nations means these three domains: media economy and governance we need christian men to absolutely crush the clowns who are weaponizing you know how do you stop the discipleship of the nations you destroy the nations if you don't want if you're an enemy of god you do not want the nations discipled you want them destroyed destroy the nations how do you destroy the nations cheap china junk obesity opioids nihilism individualism media just pumping degeneracy the school system uh just pumping degeneracy. Uh, economy, just absolutely, uh, you know, offshore everything, make all these people unemployable, um, replace them, bring in in immigrants and things like that, Uh, import China junk so that none of the people, our our mom and pop businesses can compete, you know, against these monopoly, vertical integrated monopolies, destroy the food system, you know, industrial farming, soy, corn, feedlots, all of that kind of thing. Absolutely destroy the economy domain. Uh, ability and sovereignty of these people get them all in debt right consumer debt student loan debt absolutely just pump inflation uh, of the fiat currency pump up property prices uh, to pump up property prices divorce the household so you have two house households uh, bring in more immigrants because all of this just pumps the property prices way up and then in government right make policies that are against your people that are against your place make laws that make it hard uh for your people to rise up out of violence and poverty you know and it's like chaps it's not hard you know if you if you want it's like literally you know you could you could have absolute based kings go into all of these domains and sort crap out for the lord as unto the lord and for the love and for the the leading of their people in their place you know that is that is What we're on about here. W Laser. I've heard bad stories of parents actually expecting an inheritance of sorts from their children, expecting a new house once their children have money for one. Yes, that's very big in in the African culture, let me tell you. Um, Mr. Max. Yep, this is the norm in many non white countries. Yep. John Noel, whoever doesn't provide for his own is is worse than an unbeliever. Thank you. That's the scripture I was looking for. Yep. Jared, good stuff. The Bible uh, regulates our generosity, family, church, non-Christian, poor after that. Very good. Man, I love these galaxy brain pastors. God bless them. White student transmission. Whenever I see politicians get large sums of money sent to another country, I always wonder how much of a cut they get in the bank account in that country. Yeah, full on, man, all of these things work. This is how NGOs work, you know, NGOs work as a job. They are a salary, you're setting up a salary for a friend or, a, or a, you know, for yourself or whatever, so that all your people can pay you in group money and then you go and pretend to do something with it. You know, it's the same for like Red Cross or, or you know, all of these, all of these like charities and stuff that pretend to care about people. If you look at their overheads, you know, you think like, okay, what would the overhead be for a, an aid organization, a charity organization, like maybe 10%, 20%. I mean, if we're running it like a like a restaurant business, because it's going to be dealing with food and blah, 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 all this kind of medical stuff, like, okay, maybe 33%, right? Dude, you look at some of these charities and stuff, like some of them are up in like the 70s and 80%. In other words, for every hundred bucks you spend thinking it's going to a child in Africa with a fly on their lip. 70 to 80 bucks of it is going to like Washington DC for their sweet salaries and whatever else they're doing, trafficking people across the border or whatever. You know, I never give to these uh, charities. Again, it's like, give to your local church, give to your local work, give to your people who are your neighbor and right in front of you, pay the 20, you know, instead of thinking you're doing a good job by, you know, giving money to something in Africa, it's like, pay 20% more and go to your mom and pop shop and shop with them instead of at Kroger or instead of at Walmart or whatever. You know, that's generosity. <clears throat> John No, Christian men condescend to the men of low estate in their own community. Yeah, exactly. Harry Pixel, welcome. Scott, I don't have time to listen right now, but I really appreciate your perspective. Thanks, man. Currently smoking pipes and going over your back catalog. Well, praise God for you. Yeah, so I think that's what I wanted to uh, chat about today. A uh, a a broader understanding of what Christendom is. You know, the church is. So let, let's recap here. The church is important. Pastors are going to pastor. Purity spiraling is not a bad thing if it's kept to the ministry domain, right? We want to know where our pastors stand. We want to know, hey, here's where I stand on all these issues. But for the rest of us we for the 90% of us who are not ministry guys, we want to go to church. It's a good thing, but use it as a launching pad into our domains, right? You want to go crush a government. You want to go crush an economy. You want to go crush it media, whatever your calling is, whatever your gift is, go and absolutely crush and find a pastor who will bless that. Find a pastor who will bless you going out and fighting commies and fighting corporatists and fighting clowns. And again, A disclaimer for the feds watching us. Our boogaloo is not against flesh and blood. We're not out there against flesh and blood normies. Our boogaloo is in heavenly places against clowns in institutions. You know, we want to take over institutions. We want to either capture or copy institutions. And then, you know, we once we do that, we wield it for our people, for our place, for our progeny, the peace and prosperity of our progeny. That is civilization. You know, and we can help, you know, even... I'm going to give a, an example that's not uh color, you know, cause we're like, Oh, Scott just doesn't like uh, black people. <laughs> you know, it's like, but the Afrikaners, right? I'm not an Afrikaner, but by God, do I like them, but I'm not an Afrikaner. So me building Christendom for my, for my chaps, for my Anglo lads, it doesn't mean that I, I, you know, now go and build for the Afrikaners. like, no, the Afrikaners are building their own thing. And maybe out of the overflow, you know, of of what I'm building, I can go and help them. I can bless them. But it's not for me to go and build for them. It's not for me to go and do it for them. It's like, no, they've got their own patriarchs. They've got their own men, great men. You know, they've got their own Davids and and Abrahams. Uh, And so I would be disrespecting them by going over there and being like, all right, chaps, I'm going to show you how it's done. But that's what we do to the whole freaking... Africa, especially South America, you know, Asia, wherever. It's like, all right, Japs, I've arrived. You see this mustache? It means I'm a captain of the English colonial service and I'm going to show you how to build civilization. In fact, I'm going to control it myself. You know, it's like they don't see the absolute stupidity of forcing someone else into peace and prosperity that is not their people. You know, if you're a father, yes, you can force your own children into discipline, you can force your own children into morality, you can force your own children into the way that they should go. You don't go and force someone else's child. You don't go and force someone else's wife. You don't go and it's like, fellow, who the heck are you? You know, we've got to understand scale. We've got to understand authority, you know? And so it's our underclass are the people that we should be, you know, pushing all of our, our charity and stuff towards, and then maybe one day out of the overflow, we can, we can help some other people, but you don't go there to be the patriarch. You go there to raise up patriarchs. You give them a hand up or, or if there are patriarchs there already, then you go and, and bless them and help them. You know, it's a good way to look at all of that. Anyway, gentlemen, uh, it's good to be back. Really phenomenal to be back. We'll see you all tomorrow, uh, 4 PM the rest of this week. And, um, yeah, praise God, man. Appreciate all you chaps in the chat. Uh, It's always a wonderful, wonderful thing to have you all commenting and having feedback and stuff like that. See you all tomorrow, gents. May the Lord bless you all.